backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio begins now. Hear the best in new music, artist interviews, stories from the road, and more. You are now backstage, and here's your host, Mothership. Hey, everybody. Tonight, my friend Chris Ratzliff of Fallstar gives us a rundown of their new album, Sunbreather. Let's go. I have Chris Ratzliff of Fallstar here. Hey, man. Woo. Hey, how's it going, Cindy? Going great. What have you been up to? Lots of stuff. I mean, primarily I'm a dad, so I got my three kids. Yeah. Then we got a new cat. So I've been loving my life. I've I've been missing the cat energy for a couple of years since our cat died. Aww. So got a cat and a dog. And then I've just been writing the new Fall Star record, which has been a lot of fun. So you're in Oregon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. <laughs> well, you know, I'm way over here on the East Coast. You're way over there on the West Coast. There are probably a lot of people over on my side of the world that have never heard of Fall Star. So we have to educate them so first of all (laughs) tell me a little bit of a history behind the band and who is part of the band well we started back in 2005 so we've been a band for 17 years no way years something like that yeah i started in 2005 and then i'm the only original member but then my brother joined maybe three years after that so like in 2008 my brother brian he started with bass then he plays guitar and then it's just my two other friends, Morgan and Cody. So we've been about that lineup for the past seven or eight years. But yeah, we've just released by ourselves initially. Then we released with this weird project, Come and Live, which was Chad Johnson from Tooth and Nail Records and Solid State. And then he started this ministry type label that was interesting experiment. I think they're still going. I think they're like Steiger now or something. They're like more missionary based type of organization now. And then we signed to Face Down Records. Um, and worked with them. Then we didn't sell enough of our record backdraft, so we got dropped. And then we, <laughs> then we released our future Golden Age album by ourselves through Rat Family Records, which is like our own label. Ratsliff is Fall Star backwards. So, oh. yeah. So then we did Rat Family Records because my last name is Ratsliff. So we crowdfunded that record. Most people don't ever put that together, but you do Fall Star backwards. It's like phonetically, we just changed it so it could. My whole life just uh, changed. I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no one knows or no one ever puts it together. And I, I kind of like that. But yeah. And then after the future Golden Age, we did a Kickstarter crowdfund or Indiegogo campaign, something like that. Raise money for that. Put that out by ourselves. And then we put out a side project called Northlander, which is more slower rock. And that's really good record. And Face Down picked up that record. And then we crowdfunded our next Fall Star record, and then Face Down decided to put that one out. And we've been doing well. Like, we keep growing ever since the future Golden Age one. It's been going a lot better, and people seem to be enjoying it. But yeah, and if you haven't heard our music, we're like a blend between like uh, rock, like kind of like faster rock, like maybe like Amberlynn, Jimmy Eat World type of thing, mm-hmm. mixed with like just heavy, um, like metalcore. So, like, I would just call us a metalcore band just because. We sing most of the choruses. We can still get pretty heavy, but majority of the songs are like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. So I like to keep a pop structure with all the songs, keep them around three and a half minutes, just because I get bored if a song is longer than four minutes. And I just like the idea of just a perfectly crafted song that makes sense. But it took like three records to be able to be like, OK, I want choruses that are good i want things to be predictable but like the parts are good enough to where you anticipate like the verse is coming again and oh i want to hear that again developing that attitude towards songwriting took a little while to get to and it takes a lot more work because that causes me to like 
revamp a song over and over until like I feel like it's good enough. So like with our future Golden Age record, I wrote 53 songs for that record and we only put out 14 on that. And then with Ah. Sunbreather, it was 60 some songs that I wrote and we picked the best 11. So, yeah. So do you like to write alone or with other people? I've learned that I cannot write with other people. Control freak? Yeah, I felt like that was like a red flag about my personality (laughs) or like some sort of like opposite of virtue. I don't know what you would call it. I just love writing by myself. For me, with the whole music thing, playing shows, releasing the record, the whole spectrum of what it takes to like put out records. My favorite part and where I hit flow states the most is just writing music by myself. I'm the most happy doing that. And like, I love refining parts like that's the reason I make music. But I feel like that part doesn't have any meaning or it doesn't matter to the world unless I put out the record. And unless it's performed in a live setting, there's no meaning to that writing process. So I feel like you have to take the whole trip. Otherwise, if it did meaning, I would just be in my room writing every single day and I wouldn't feel the need to put out records or anything like that, you know? But the whole process gives it meaning for me. How do you translate what you would like the sound to sound like with the band that you're touring with? I am not a purist about music in any way, shape or form, like about the performance or even what goes on the record. Like the most important thing and the highest priority to me is translating what I hear in my head onto the record. So I don't care if that's done with a computer or I don't care if if I can't play a part, I have someone else play it. Like I do not care. I want the idea to become real. So for the audio portion of it, and then for live setting, I want whatever's heard on the CD or the, the vinyl or the MP3 to be what people hear live. So we backtrack a lot of stuff um, like synths and stuff like and I don't ever want to travel with more than four people ever again because mm-hmm. it's just so much easier with just four people in a van. So mm-hmm. like we reamp our other guitars. So like rhythm guitars are coming through the computer out into another amp. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't put in like vocal harmonies or anything like that. That could sound really goofy, but we will use the computer and Mm -hmm. all that stuff to just make it sound as big as possible. So when you go to record, I do everything. Oh, the only only thing I don't do is drums, but like I'll record the bass, the guitars, the programming. I record the vocals just right here. Like this is my mic setup. Yeah. And then I do the vocal tuning and everything and I get that all fixed up. And then Morgan will do the drums. So I'll program drums that I think would sound cool. And then he makes them actually what a drummer would play. But literally the whole record is created in this tiny little six by eight office. And like, I'm not using crazy gear. My interface is like 600 bucks. I have this mic that's 500 bucks and then I have guitars and that's it. So like, I want to show people my workflow because what I'm doing is inexpensive and it sounds really, really good and professional, but I want to take away this magic to it and show people that it's like really doable for anyone to do. I'm not a skilled mixing engineer, so we send it off for mixing and that's what our money goes for, like to pay for that and then make it sound really pro. Yeah. Chris Ratzliff, the one man band. <laughs> I don't know about that. I did, <laughs> but the, the other guys have a lot to say at the end of the songwriting. They'll be like, oh, this is cool or oh, this is kind of lame. And so then <laughs> we go through like rounds and rounds of feedback where they critique everything. Okay. And then that's where we go from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, before we get into the album, let's talk a little bit about where we met. Yeah. Because yeah. we didn't meet on this continent. 
<laughs> I had to fly all the way to Germany to find out who you were. So loud and Same. proud. I think it was 2018, right? Yeah. Seems like forever. I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, had you toured in Europe before? We did fly out dates to Christmas Rock Night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're great. I love them, too. Yep. Yeah. What is the difference between the European and U.S. crowds? It's hard to say because, like, the only shows we've played in Europe are, like, bigger festivals. But in the U.S., they don't do the Viking rowboat thing (laughs) or whatever that's called. That's so funny. (laughs) It's the best. It's the most hype thing ever. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard of it, it's, like, where everybody gets in maybe, like, a row of four and, like, maybe ten long. And they just, like, ah, ah, making, like, a rowing on the They're sitting on the floor. Yeah. They're sitting on their floor with their feet up. And they start like moving across the floor like they're in a boat yeah it's, it's so hype it's, it's yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah it's a lot safer a than a wall of death that's for sure it is safer than the wall of death <laughs> can't put my finger on it what's different about playing in germany maybe it's like you feel more appreciated or people just like different songs too mm-hmm. which is funny like when we play there since our set times are so much longer we have a chance to go back into our catalog and play some of our favorites and like people are singing those back to us. And like, I remember even this last time at Loud and Proud, we were playing this song called Summit, or maybe it was, I don't remember. It was one of those older songs. We never played it live before. And then I was hearing the chorus super loud and I was like, oh, did we put backing tracks to this song? <laughs> like, why is that? And it took me a couple of seconds. I was like, oh, everybody's singing. This is unreal. Like, this is one of my favorite songs. We've never played it live. Everybody knows the words. So, yeah, there's just mind blowing times over there. Backstage with Mothership returns after this. Out Performance Shop is a proud supporter of Solid Rock Radio. They specialize in retail and wholesale of automotive, high performance, racing, and off road products. They also carry a variety of accessories from remote control cars to rock and roller multi carts. On the web at outperformance.com. Well, we're here mostly to talk about Sunbreather. We put it out this last year, which is crazy because we're in 2022 now. But yeah, it's just um, the best record Fall Stars ever done. I feel like the songs are really concise and like really good and interesting. And it took me six years to write it. it. Took a really long time. It's the most we've ever spent working on a record, and it felt really good to get it out. So I went to click through. And they got started with Chroma, and I went, wait a minute, I thought these guys were a metal band. <laughs> let me, let me yeah. see if I'm, I'm on the wrong Spotify. <laughs> yeah, all of our records have like maybe six Fall Star songs, and then we just experiment with the other ones. And mm-hmm. like we just pride ourselves on really not caring to like make a record <laughs> that's super cohesive, and we're not trying to like pitch to like mainstream radio or anything we're just doing it for our own jollies and -hmm. hoping that other people like it and so putting that song first is like a marketing and promotional nightmare and no one understood why we were doing it but i was like the people that love our band are gonna think that's so rad that we put that song first (laughs) so now you're gonna have to explain why it's just like starts as like a trap beat and the whole song is like a kind of a trap song there's only one note played most of the whole song And it's just really, really weird. Like, you just got to go check it out. It's the first song on our new record. And you can't judge the whole record by it because the scope of the record covers lots of ground musically and genre wise. But Mm -hmm. if you hate it, then it's just kind of funny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, you can. <laughs> Tell us about Cloud Chamber. Yeah, that one, it's probably the best song on the record. I guess I could say <laughs> the bridge is pretty crazy because like a long, long bridge and it's a slow build, but it's just really cool and it's kind of different, kind of haunting. I don't like happy music at all. And like, I like that other people make happy music and that's awesome for them. And I don't want to like yuck someone's yum. But for me personally, I can't listen to happy music. It has to have a tinge of sorrow to it, whether it's aggressive music or whether it's like like acoustic guitar, it just has to have a tinge of sorrow. And I feel like all our songs have that. And this song, Cloud Chamber, perfectly embodies it because it seems like it could go somewhere happy or somewhere lighter, but it doesn't. It just stays in that color green blue area the whole way through and it lifts really high and it drops low, but it's just, just got that like perfect a amount cloud. of sorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, real quick, Cloud Chamber. I've never oh. said this before, but the guy who exposed Area 51, I forget his oh. name, but he made one of the devices that one of the guys he knew created to capture some alien synthesized element was like called the Cloud Chamber. And I thought that was super dope so that's why it has nothing oh, okay. to do with the song but it's just like the, a cool name okay well that was the second one with the third one i was like ssri feel better already and i had to look that up that's an antidepressant <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah ssris yeah it's kind of like a, about that <laughs> like a pun kind of funny like ssri feel better already I guess. but I think it's funny to like joke about serious things. So like I got on SSRIs, I think selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So it's just like antidepressant. I've just been depressed for a very, very long time. And I didn't really realize my baseline was pretty low. And so I got on pills maybe beginning of 2019. But it just helped me so much. And I was like, oh, my brain has a problem getting the proper serotonin levels and it just dips further and further. I just had problems. Like I was very depressed all the time. And like I could function my life lying in bed all day, but I was just so depressed all the time. And like I just wanted to kill myself all the time. Like that was a daily thought, like hourly yeah. thought that I had for years. But I just kind of thought everybody dealt with that. <laughs> like I was just talking to my wife once. And she's like, that is not normal at all. And so like I went to the doctor and they put me on SSRIs and it helped a lot. And then I went in counseling. But it's like a continuing thing because like I wrote that song. And it's not like my journey with mental health problems was done. It just like it helped me a lot. And that, that song just kind of is about my mental health journey and i usually don't talk about myself in songs so this album i actually spoke about problems i have and how mm -hmm. i go about addressing them <laughs> and i'm glad you actually reached out and you got some help because you matter and you make a difference yeah. and you're important <laughs> and we need you yeah don't, don't go anywhere <laughs> yeah i think so the fourth song when Justice Cracks the Sky. Yeah, um, that one's a song. It's just all screaming the whole way through, but it's mm -hmm. structured. First chorus, first chorus, and I love it that way. And the chorus, I feel like it's super catchy, even though it's just all screams the whole way through. Like there's like a rhythm to it and a cadence, even though it's screaming. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped on that song. Five, King Laser. It's kind of like overlaying the life of Christ on top of like current social issues. Yeah. Yeah. That song's just all about Jesus. Jesus is King Laser. And looks like <laughs> a cool way to <laughs> a cool way to describe Jesus. Um, but that song is also one with no singing really. It's just super bouncy. It's tuned to drop F sharp. That one's a weird, weird song. So if if you heard Chroma and you liked Chroma, then you should listen to King Laser too, because it's just weird. <laughs> okay, number six, waiting. 
Yeah, that one wasn't going to make it on the record, but I was like, I swore I had a cool idea because I keep all my ideas on my voice memo on my phone. So I have like thousands of voice memos, but I'm really good at labeling them. I was like, oh, this is this sounds good. And then I was like, nah, it's too poppy. But then I recorded it and it sounded great. It was got like one of the best choruses I've ever wrote. And it's just like really catchy, kind of haunting vocal melodies. No bridge, just little screech records, and then back into the chorus. <laughs> Track seven. The meaning in the monster. The song's about like trying to find the meaning in the monster, or like if you like try to find the meaning in why a hurricane happened, or the meaning in why did COVID happen, or the meaning in why did you know a loved one die. And so my point with the song is there's no meaning. Things just happen. And so mm-hmm. like not trying to scrape to find like, well, why would God let this happen? Or why did the universe deal me this card? It's just like that's just the world mm-hmm. happens. Like things happen. There's no meaning in the monster. It's like the point of the the song. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. All right. Number eight, get me out. Ice agents? Yeah. Yeah. So the verses in this song talk about immigration. One of the verses it's about like family getting separated at the border. So that's where the ice social agents, issues. Yeah. And then the other one um, is probably like, a, I think it's like racial issues. Like, because yeah. I think when I was writing that, like the George Floyd stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. And it was like, is there a way out? And I like this one because it's like a weird POD style song. And I wrote this one when I was recording Future Golden Age, which came out in 2015. So mm-hmm. I was sitting on this song for five years and i was like oh i should just put this out this is the first one of the album that was written and then those are my kids on the song that start out the track so i got the two boys on a track and then i have a a daughter who's like a year and a half now so i'm hoping Mm -hmm. i'm tracking vocals in a month for this next record and she's just starting to talk so i'm like hoping to get like a little scream or a little word out of her to put on this new (laughs) new record that's coming out Yeah, well, We're you just got to come up with a sound that you want to teach her and just, just do it over and over again until she starts doing it. Oh, yeah. I could just start training her. Yeah. I can get a little blah out of the baby. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'll really try. I'll be high, holding high her up to the mic. Blah. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. I'm going to cry. It's so cute. <laughs> Backstage with Mothership returns after this. Check us out on Facebook at... I'm with Mothership. We're listening to Backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio. Track nine, Prism Glass. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think it's just uh, talking about that middle area where like Mm -hmm. nuance in life. Yeah, like getting away from anything black and white and life is gray. Exists between the cure and the disease. And yeah, kind of existing in the nuance because gray is not pretty to look at. I use gray because it's between black and white. Mm-hmm. But gray on its own doesn't sound motivating. Mm-hmm. But I think there is something beautiful about living in the nuance and like considering all different sorts of sides of opinion or walks of life or something. So mm-hmm. the idea of the song was like trying to convey that kind of beautiful place where you can exist in that area of acceptance, I think. Mm-hmm. Accepting of other people, accepting of other ideas, accepting of like the bad things that happen in the world and the good things mm-hmm. in it. So I was hoping to convey that kind of idea. And the song itself is pretty heavy. Like, it's really low and just really stuttery. Like, one of my favorite bands in the world is A Plea for Purging. And they mm-hmm. do some of that, like, um, kind of like a lo-fi beat, mm-hmm. like a faster lo-fi beat with, like, guitars stuttering in the background. And, like, I love that sort of 
sound, I guess. So I, I do that in a lot of our songs. But Plea for Purging is like one of my biggest influences. They're so mm-hmm. dope. I wish they never stopped playing music. Oh, well, I was going to ask you what, what you were listening to these days. I don't listen to new music because I'm really scared of like copying other people's mm-hmm. ideas. And it also gives me a little bit of anxiety because I'll hear modern music or what's cool. Anything that I'm writing never sounds modern or like what's hip at the time. So Mm -hmm. like it always makes me question what I'm doing, but I don't want to write modern music. I just want to write weird stuff and I want to hone our own sound, which I think we finally have. The last couple Mm -hmm. records is just what False Star sounds like and I want to stick to that. So I listen to our music i just listen to demos no or i'll listen to weird stuff like i'll listen to soja they're like a reggae band mm-hmm. um jimmy eat world i've just always listened to them just like mm-hmm. older stuff anderlin yeah mm-hmm. and then my friends bands so like i'll listen to ongoing concept or you know just label mates like weathered is freaking cool on face down records they're just so good everything in slow motion yeah yeah okay 10 darko Darko, I want all of our records to have at least one song with a Donnie Darko reference. Donnie Darko is my absolute favorite movie of all time. Have you seen that show? No, I haven't. Gosh, it's so weird. It's really nice, though. But it's like about time travel and there's like this big rabbit. I don't know. I guess I can't say I recommend it to everyone, but it's my favorite movie. Yeah, this is just a weird song. I used a Stratocaster for a lot of the leads, which is like not a guitar for metalcore. Mm-hmm. So classic yeah it's a classic so it's got that weird kind of like hollow oh, yeah. glassy sound yeah yeah oh morgan wrote that that chanty part our drummer he's mm-hmm. like an edm producer and i was like morgan what can you do with this song to just make it sound more interesting and so he put in that like chanty like hey hey, hey like that really mm-hmm. cool stuff in there and it's, it's just a weird song it's really cool I, I like it a lot and it's fast yeah well what can you tell me about your title track that song says Sunbreather in it, but lots of other songs on the record also say Sunbreather. So I could have made lots of the songs the title track, but I did this one because I love the song so much. And then I put it at the end of the record so that people would be like, oh, it's the title track. I should at least listen to that one. It's at the end of the record. <laughs> Are it you trying work. to trick us? <laughs> yeah. I, I like constantly think of ways to like foil the Spotify algorithm, but it doesn't matter. That song is like the second most least listen to track on the record next to Darko, which is the last song. So like, there's no way around it. You just got to hope that your devoted fan base and the people who wait for your records will listen to all of it and enjoy it. But like, as far as the algorithm picking up songs further back on the record, it's not going to happen. Like, it's just the singles <laughs> that are the ones that really take off. That was why I named that one Sunbreather and put it towards the back of the record, because I was like, maybe it'll force people to listen all the way through. That was the beauty of CDs, is you listen to the thing from the beginning to end, and it was uh-huh. in a particular order for a reason, and it built on itself. And I just hate that it, everything is like hunt and peck, you know, it's like, yeah, hunt and peck. That's this song, this song. how about that song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of the record. The track listing is very, very important. I feel like so many artists lose sleep over the track listing. Like you're constantly thinking about which is coming for why would this song come after this one? Like you're constantly listening to it, second guessing it. Like I know like that's a huge thing that I put a lot of time into, which mm-hmm. is really funny. So I'm a huge fan of the record. I don't think we'll ever do singles as like what hip hop does. Um mm-hmm. I think rock is too attached to the record. So I don't know if the record will go away. Now, I do believe like rock bands will like release their record over a year's time, like one song a month for a year. But you'll still get the full record in the end. There's nothing that can take away listening to 
a full record all at once but i think those days are over unless you yeah, have the self-control to listen to it but like as far as making a record and putting one out it makes the most sense to put out every song as a single and wait three or four weeks between you put equal amount of work into all your songs mm -hmm. and if each one is that special for you then you might as well give each one a chance because maybe you know this or not but like if you release a song from the record as a single to spotify then it is up for editorial playlists and mm -hmm. editorial playlists are like really huge so like for this last record we did five singles which is a lot for a record mm -hmm. but we did five individual singles and those all got editorial playlist consideration but the back half of our record none of those will be considered because they come out with a full album and you can only submit one at a time for editorial playlisting. Oh. So they didn't even have a chance. So with this new record, I'm like, I feel terrible to like everyone that's going to hear it one song at a time for a year. But like, I care more about these songs getting the attention that I would like them to have. So it makes more sense to release one at mm -hmm. a time. Which yeah. sucks, but I. what are you going to do? <laughs> and like, I am very grateful for Spotify in the age of streaming, because if we existed in the time of only albums and only records, only cassettes, like my band would have no shot. But since mm -hmm. we're like living 20 years in the future of this, like I can record everything at my own house. Like we mm -hmm. could go to a studio, we could swing the money, but I would be broke all the time. Like we would not be able to ever tour or anything. So the fact that I can do all this at home and we can put it out and then we can make money from streaming. Like we make money from streaming. Back when we were doing just CDs, we'd make, you know, a little chunk of change the first week or two, the record comes out. And then, you know, we're going to get not much ever for the rest of it. And now we're making money off our back catalog. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm just so thankful for streaming. Like we're making money from those places. And like, I have the technology to make a record at home and I can be as nitpicky as I want to and not burn studio time. That's what I hated about going to big studios. Like we've, we've recorded like with Chris Crummett and like these bigger people, but like I want to do my own vocals and sing it as many times until it's perfect, you know? So mm -hmm. like to be a child of the future is like the biggest blessing ever because we couldn't be a band if we were, you know, 20 years earlier. It's crazy. That's encouraging. Maybe this will help somebody else who's trying to figure out how to do this thing. Yeah, I hope so. And I would say to like someone who's starting out in a band to be able to make a living in music is like very difficult. Not as hard as getting into the NBA, but it's very difficult. Our music has like a lot of reach and like we've been able to do a lot of stuff because we just kept going and got better. That is amazing. But we make zero money. Absolutely zero money probably negative a lot of years but i wouldn't have it any other way because we can still be doing it like the prize at the end of the day is being able to make records and being able to record and put them out and for people to listen to them so if you're starting out and you're like okay i want to do music and i want a career in it maybe you won't make a career but you could still be very satisfied putting mm -hmm. out records and you can do it at a high level for not much money nowadays so <laughs> maybe just have a a good, healthy expectation that to buy a house with your metalcore money will probably not be possible. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not worth doing. <laughs> there you go. That's a good yeah. word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite snack? If Mothership was coming to bring you a, a like a goodie bag at a concert, what would you like? Tapatio Doritos. Whoa, that was easy. Yep. Easy peasy. Any Dorito is great, but Tapatio is my fave. Yeah. Ooh, nice and spicy. Yeah, that's but, that's the easiest question in the world. And then any sort of popcorn, not kettle corn, sweet popcorn can get out of here. 
But any like, you don't like salty, corn? cheesy popcorn? No, I don't prefer it. But if it's there, I will eat a whole bag. But I don't prefer <laughs> it. I want salty, salty, salty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Butter, okay. cheese, jalapeno. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's easy. <laughs> Do you like no, banana yeah. pudding? That's the next question. Oh my! Are, really? The banana yeah, pudding. That's what I it's, serve all the bands. I did. That's right. That. You only see me in Germany. Yeah. You, you haven't yeah. seen me. I love banana pudding. Do you do like vanilla wafers and stuff? Oh yeah. Or like. Oh my God. I saw um, in Reddit, there was a food porn thing that I follow and it was a banana pudding. It's been years since I've seen one or eaten one and it just made me so hungry for one. Well, I started bringing that as the dessert for the bands when I catered. It's got a life of its own now. Homemade. Oh like, my, wow. And I bring fruit and then I bring the banana pudding and you could put fruit on the banana pudding. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I forgot to talk to you about your haircut. Yeah. Dude, it was like down to your waist and now it's like short, but it still looks good. Thanks. Yeah, I I feel really good about it. It'll be back long. Was again. it sad to cut up? It was so long. No, it felt like such a relief. I was so <laughs> tired of it. It just dreads so easily. But this yeah. time when I want to grow it out, I just want to keep it healthier and then mm-hmm. I'll just keep it down to like here. I won't go down to my back anymore. Just to your shoulder. Yeah. I hear you. I, I get that. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Well, you have a great night, and uh, hopefully I'll see you at some point, either in Germany yeah. or somewhere in the U.S. Yeah, that would be really nice. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> All right. Good night. All right. Good talking to you, Cindy. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening tonight. Stay tuned for more great music all night long. Be sure to check out my I'm With Mothership Facebook page and Solid Rock Radio's website. Follow the link under Shows to Backstage with Mothership, which will have the links to my guests' social media accounts. This show will be replayed at 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Past interviews available on podcast.solidrockradio.org, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Pandora platforms. And remember this week, be kind to one another.